dedicated to trots racing. On winners, welcome to Gate Speed. Yes, welcome to Gate Speed, Harness Racing's dedicated show each and every week here on RSN 927 and my uh, brother in arms. On the other end of the line, Blake Redden, how are you, Bakes? Bon, um, good. Looking forward to chatting to David Miles. Yeah, we've got to move on very quickly. He's got to get to the trials. He's only about three or four minutes away. D Miles, how are you this morning, mate? Good, JB. Blakey? It is this afternoon, isn't it? It's quarter past 12. Uh, first of all, mate, I know your time is limited, so just tell us you've got to go when you've got to go. But first of all, Emerald Stride, Redwood winner from last season, going around, we believe, even though fields aren't out, in the Victoria Drotters Derby on Sunday at Maryborough. Hasn't raced for a while. What can you tell us? Uh, yeah, she's trying in about uh, 25 minutes, so all going well there. We'll head to the derby. Uh, so work at home has been quite good. Uh, yeah, just uh, had a little setback after after the Vic Oaks and uh, decided to go in a little bit fresh. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, she's well and everything going good today. She'll be uh, she'll be in it up to her eyeballs because she'll probably be able to be driven with a sit and not have to make any runs in uh, that quality field. David, I, I kind of get the feeling that she might be the forgotten horse at some stage because when you actually go back and look at that run in the Victoria Trotters Oak, she was the one coming three wide on the track and her run was probably a bit better than it looks on paper. Yeah, 100%. That's not really her go, getting that going that far from home. But uh, when you're when you favourite or new favourite and you're out the back and they were burnt, there was no early speed, uh, I think uh, the fence was one, two, three in that race. So we, uh, we had to get going and uh, she ran a credible fifth, but... Um, She's got plenty of gate speed. She can put herself in the race if she draws good. And then, uh, and then driven with one go at him, uh, she's been uh, pretty devastating at an angle with her, with her one run. Yeah, that's her go in life, isn't it? We know that. But she's a two-time Group 1 winner, so she does it well. I know, once again, that your time is scarce. We need winners before Sunday. Tomorrow night at Geelong, Beckley Park, my old home track, is Enchanted Stride a good thing? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, if she doesn't win that, we're sort of struggling to go through to the the Breeders' Crown with any confidence, so uh, I think she should be winning. Uh, and uh, the Pantheus will be a little bit better than she was last week at Bendigo. I think uh, she'll be, uh, she might even be each way odds tomorrow night because she wasn't that great off the track last week. But I think uh, she's nearly ready to start putting into the race. And if she can get up outside them early, I think she'll nearly be winning as well. All right, go get him, Molsey. Thanks, guys. There's David Miles. Uh, terrific. You could, you could, you could hear the tension in his voice, Bakes. You got him at the last minute, and you could hear that he needed to be somewhere else. And that's his dedication to promoting the game, as he said. I'm going to stick with you, boys. They were probably carting him out on the track for one of the trials, and he said, "No, I'm not going to drop the mobile phone just yet." So we appreciate his time, don't we? Oh, indeed. And uh, well, we famously had Chris Alford, I believe, warming up for a trial. With <laughs> well, no, we probably shouldn't say that, but. Um... Uh, no, I feel uh, it's been it's been a pretty hectic morning, I'll say. So uh, there's a bit going on. Good, uh, good that now we can finally settle down and just have a chat about the trots. Well, just quietly, I am not in the the uh, hallowed halls of 400 Epsom Road. Uh, do you want to elaborate or expand on, uh, on what, what exactly what's going on? No, nah, just meeting after meeting can oh. can sort of get in your way, and um, yeah, just just I think uh, it's going to be a very tight race to get into this derby. So. There's plenty going on in the racing office and um, plenty of meetings and marketing and whatnot, so it's just been hectic. They don't invite me to the meetings anymore. I wouldn't know anything about it. The first thing we learn over the course of the weekend, Islander produced this unthinkable run to claim the Tatlow. Now, we discuss this on a regular basis. Um, 
sometimes horses can make early mistakes in harness racing and then they can do extraordinary things. Now, you you can't measure it like for like because, look, you saw with uh, Liberty Stride only about six or seven days ago was able to lose, you know, 80, 100 metres and still beat her rivals, inferior rivals, it has to be said. But if that was, you know, exactly relatable to the next run, you'd win by 100 metres. So not quite that. But I reckon of all the performances I've seen where early errors have been made over the last few months... I've got a lot of time for what Irelanda did on the weekend because she was tackling elite opposition, because it was career start number two, and because she had to chase pretty hard just to tack onto the field. That's uh, you've, you've outlined plenty of points and um, all really relevant because it was some sort of performance. And she had trialled well before debut, so it was quite clear she had ability, but no one could have expected what she produced. And... Um, yeah, in many ways it's been... Well, it's a little bit different from Miragon who did it in the semi-final of the Vic Bread Super Series. Um, yeah, she sort of... She got there, I reckon, halfway up the straight and you thought, you, you've done your job, you've got to within a neck or even hit the front halfway up the straight getting back to the inside and you've done your job. But it was that last 50 metres where she really did pull out just even more to get the job done and um, it was it was an incredible win. And look, you don't know what sort of toll that will take on her mentally and physically going forward. She may be very tired from that sort of performance. I'm sure she is. But um, if she can come back and sort of replicate anything like that, then you're right. She's not going to win by 50, 60, 70 metres wherever she goes, but um, she's going to be right up there with, uh, with you know, aside from Marjita, who wasn't there, you'd, you'd say they're probably the benchmark fillies in, in Victoria, at least right now. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I've still got a lot of time for Treasure. I just think there's some quirks and there's some there's some inconsistencies there that probably uh, will improve with age. It's a nice little segue talking about Miragon because Be Happy Mac won the alternate Tatlow stakes at, uh, at Tabcor Park Mountain for the for the baby boys, the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. Miragon handed up mid-race to the stable mate, Be Happy Mac. He won well. I'm not sure I learned a hell of a lot more about him, other than obviously the stable have him as their number one ranked two-year-old, which we sort of already suspected. Just on the Miragon thing, though, as you're going through your Be Happy Mac assessment, was he cooked a little bit by that semi-final performance in the Vic Bread Super Series, or is this where he's always sat in the pecking order behind Be Happy Mac? Oh, that's a great question that we probably can't answer. Probably more a... Um you know, an intangible or something that the, the you know the stable will be more inclined to answer because it's it's hard to know given they're sort of bringing such varying form lines together. But Miragon wasn't poor on the weekend, as you say, he handed up and he sort of held his ground. I'm sure Be Happy Mac had more to give, but he held his ground and they put a good gap on third um, in the straight. So, look, it's it's a little hard to work out exactly where Miragon is right now, but uh, I think we know exactly where Be Happy Mac is and. And to be honest, not a bad sign necessarily for all of these horses that have gone around on the weekend that Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin have been willing to run them in between Vic Bread and Breeders' Crown. They're obviously not, um, you know, the, the, there's not taken a huge toll on them that they need to really freshen up and uh, and get ready for the Breeders' Crown so they can still race through consistently and um, and be happy. Max, one of those that's been to New South Wales, he probably did have a bit more of a break or, or no, it'll be similar break, but um, yeah, he's a... Uh, He's the number one in the pecking order, you suspect, and, and Miragon, while not poor, is just uh, uh, just chasing him home at the minute. Yeah, and he's going to start to, well, a few people got on at some pretty significant odds for the Breeders' Crown, so they would have been happy with what they saw on Saturday night. We'll just press the pause button on Gatesbeard for a moment. Um, studio update for race one at Ballarat. It's an RSN 927 market update. 
All right, five horses to go around in this opening event on the Ballarat Synthetic today. It's a two-year-old maiden. Four of the five runners haven't started in a race and haven't been in a, in a public trial either. So the market means everything here. The only race runner in the field has headed the market all the way through, but has been a little easy late. That is seafood sauce for Andrew Nobler, two thirty out to two dollars fifty. Uh, drift on for Winsome Voyage as well, three dollars out to three dollars forty. The move at a price has come for the Lloyd Kennewell trained Pompilius here, seven fifty into five, five fifty into five for Raise the Fight, and Johan Doe has been seven fifty and sold at that quote. So I'm not sure anybody knows one hundred percent what to do in this first race at Ballarat, but if you do want one that's been specced at a little quote, number one, Lloyd Kennewell. Uh, Pompilia, 7.50 into five. Favourite, still the race runner, though, Seafood Sauce. Race three at Gawler, they're getting behind the boxes nicely now. We'll get you a market update for that race before it gets underway. It goes like this. Dulcanina is the market leader at $1.60 there from box seven. Has been in from $3.20, so this has been a bit of a go. $1.85 reopens day into $1.60. You've got Texley at $3.6. $7 for Burning Fix and Rio Grande, $9.15, and then $17.51 respectively for Tyson's Reward and Hayride McVeigh. Punters will be hoping that the seven can cross there from the wide box. Dolkanina has been well supported and is a dominant red figure favourite at $1.65. Let's get to race three at Gawler. Three fifty. Uh, we've got $7 for Burning Vixen, number eight. Nine fifty. Rio Grande. Uh, it's the late male, the red runner here for Michaela Pigeon. Rio Grande took a very heavy tumble after being terribly away last run. Um, started well in the market, though, there. It was $2.90 on debut. There's the light. We're set to go at $1.75 for Dolkanina. Ready. Box seven. Racing off. Flew out out wide. Dolkanina's going to zip over and get two or three in front early. Over Tyson's reward. Then came Hayride McVeigh. Next is Tex Lee, Rio Grande and Burning Vixen. But running along Dolkanina. Out by six lengths. Tyson's reward. And behind those Hayride McVeigh. And then came Tex Lee. But up to the bend. Dolkanina straight and well clear over Tyson's reward. And this is going to win well. Dolkanina by five. Second, Tyson's reward. Third home is Tex Lee. Fourth will be Hayride McVeigh from Rio Grande and Burning Vixen. The run here is around 22 and 80. The punters roar. It was over after about oh, eight metres. Dolkin in a way too good for its rivals. 210 and 210. $4.90, big place value about Tyson's reward. No third number up at the moment, though I reckon... The five is going to be pretty prominent based on that. It's definitely seven four, but we'll give you the third number pretty soon. In the uh, in the meantime, we're going to get back to gate speed. We've still got a few more points to get through across the weekend. Blake Redden joining me on the line. Maritime back and in form with Group Three success. Darby McGuigan, beautiful drive, three wide cart, and really from a long way out, he was the only horse you wanted to be on Bakes. Indeed, and uh, he sort of showed that improvement, didn't he? First to second run back from a, a break at Terrain Cup winner, so he sort of. Um, well, he's been threatening to to get to um, you know that free for all level, and this is just another step on the way. Obviously, already at free for all level, winning the train cup, but um, no, it was a good win, and I think it's just probably the perfect building block for him to get back to those uh, country cups towards the early part of the season. Number two's run third there, as a matter of fact, at Gawler. So four, seven, and two. Your numbers race three at Gawler Maritai. I don't know if he's a. Do you think he's going to be a real open class superstar or, or a really really nice horse or somewhere in between? Oh yeah, probably somewhere in between. I think, I think they'll have a go at races like the Swan Hill and Kilmore Cup early doors, and and see if they can jag one. But uh, 
yeah, a lot will depend on you know who's going to New Zealand and and that sort of thing for the Inter Dominion and New Zealand Cup races in the same colours, of course, as Shadow Sacks, who dominated the Country Cup scene a couple of seasons back for Russell and Pam Hockham. So good luck to the team there as they probably tackle those regional features coming up next season with Maritai. Two times better, two strong, and three-year-old classic. Now the market one hundred percent told the story here. Bakes Bazinga was out the gate late. The uh, the Kiwi invader and. I was really strong on this all the way through, that even though Looking Fabulous had beaten two times better home in a couple of races through the Vic Bread Super Series, the two times better was still entitled to be considered the uh, the stronger and better of the two horses. And out in front, dictating terms, um, it was her race to lose, and she didn't lose. No, that's uh, that's true. You very much stole my thunder there. I was going to give you a pump up, but you decided to step in first oh, and give yourself a pump up. You never up, do, so... though. So... Yeah, well done. It. Congratulations. We're also, we're probably burying the lead here. We're talking about horse after horse, and, and it was Emma Stewart's night, wasn't it, um, with just a litany of winners at Melton on uh, on Saturday night. So two times better was one of those, and she's done a really good job, um, being a real good money spinner for her connections. And, you know, the way that Emma Stewart has spoken about her in the past, um, it, you know, we're not to say that she couldn't come out in a breeder's crown and be really competitive. So, um, yeah, good win on the weekend. You'll have to text me next time or shoot me some sort of note to let me know that you're going to do the uh, the the, the, uh, the tyre pumping. Born and Rock and Roll, brilliant in return as the final of the five points. Now, I thought this was the performance of the night. He's a genuine Group 1 horse for mine. I don't know what little issues he's had throughout the course of his career because he's clearly had one or two. But the way he won and the way that he did all the work in transit in a sub-153 mile first up from a break, they came at him, some really fast horses, and he didn't even really let them close to him was very, very impressive. Yeah, I thought the charging mile was going to win halfway up the straight, but um, he just found another gear. And uh, as you say, he's obviously had a few little issues. Uh, he was favourite in that terrain cup, I reckon, that Maritai won, and um, and he did all the work there, and uh, and the the effort told. But uh, not on the weekend. He was he was super through the line, and uh, yeah, well, it's just a question of whether he can progress through a full preparation and stay sound and get to the races every time. Because if he does, well. Um, you know, he's uh, he's quite clearly going to be a Country Cup source at the early part of the season and maybe even something more. So good win from him. And as you say, you know, Ayalanta aside, who was visually more impressive, um, he was he was clearly one of the run, one of the two runs of the night. Only 50 seconds to go before we get to race one at Ballarat. But as you mentioned, an amazing night for Emma Stewart, seven winners. And Toddy McCarthy, who's not in the rundown here, but six winners, the most ever for a driver at a Metropolitan meeting in New South Wales. He is, I would have always said that uh, there's no way he's ever going to catch Luke in terms of driving accolades and deeds, but he's closing in pretty fast. Yeah, no, he's, uh, well, he was outstanding on Saturday night, wasn't he, um, driving all those winners and great effort um, to to do that. And he's, uh, you know, he's going to keep, Keep that ball rolling, I suspect, going into next season. Yeah, Toddy McCarthy, an absolute superstar. Appreciate you joining me for Gatesbeard Bakes. I'll see you very soon.